thank you. Uh, today we're on our uh, second uh, um, sermon around Christmas invitations, and and today particularly is one of a grand invitation. So a grand invitation that we'll see in our passage that the the angels bring to the shepherds that, that indeed Jesus is born and it's a grand invitation that will deliver grand results you know the joy and peace and purpose of of God's kingdom now we we live in a world in a society that delivers all kinds of grand invitations but none of them deliver the grand results I mean, there is joy, there is peace, there is purpose that, that we can find, but usually that, that peace, it, it, it fades, that, that joy diminishes, that, that, that purpose, it, it dissipates. The, the, the grand invitations of, of our world fall short. I, um, Remember, uh, oh, the youth group girl, this is a number of years ago, several churches ago, and she grew up in Scotland. Her, her father was in school in, in Scotland, and so she was born in the States, but moved there when she was like one or two, and then raised there for six or seven years. And, and it was a, um, a place, so she didn't watch much TV, you know, didn't have much experience in American culture and marketing and those kind of things, and, so when she came to the States and she watched some TV and watched some cartoon or uh, commercials, you know, she, she got caught into the commercials and there was one commercial that really touched her heart. It was a, it was a story of a, of a young woman who got a pair of blue jeans, a particular style of blue jeans. And as, and the story goes that as she wore those blue jeans, friends just flocked to her. <laughs> Girls and boys alike. You know, and it was all within about 45 seconds. But she then strategically asked for those pair of jeans for her birthday. And then she got them and she put them on and she walked the neighborhood, you know, went out for hours walking the neighborhood, came home dejected and disappointed, took off her jeans, put on her pajamas and watched another commercial. And mom asked, well, Rachel, what, what was up? Well, mom, these jeans, they told me this is what was going to happen. And she, as a good mother, refrained all laughter and, until later in telling the story of a grand invitation, a grand invitation from a pair of blue jeans that offered no grand results. And what I propose to you, that in our world, we have all kinds of grand invitations, but the results are not as grand. They are fluff, they fall flat, or they're, they're there for a moment and then dissipate. But the grand invitation of Christmas, the grand invitation of the angels to the shepherds, come see. Come see, baby Jesus. Come see that God is at work. And he will bring peace. He will bring joy. He will bring purpose to you now and forever. 
Our passage uh, is in Luke chapter 2, that uh, story of the uh, shepherds uh, announcing, proclaiming, and inviting, or the, the angels announcing, proclaiming, and inviting the shepherds to come see Jesus. It's on page uh, uh, 857 in your uh, pew Bible, or you can follow along on the screen. Uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 20. Uh, let's, uh, let's pray together. Uh, Gracious God, we give you thanks for your written word that speaks to us of your truth as it tells us the story that is the story to live by. It tells us the story of what is true and real and eternal. So open our hearts and minds, uh, clear out the ways that we've bought into the other stories, those false narratives, and um, enable us, Lord, to hear anew your story that is true and real and eternal. So that we might in turn live it. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Alright, uh, so um, Jesus um, has just been born. And now the angels are appearing to the shepherds here. Uh, verse 8 of chapter 2 of the Gospel of Luke. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field. Keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste. And found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, the first thing that I want you to know about this grand invitation, this grand announcement, is that it's the recipients is to shepherds working their sheep in the field. This is your grand opening strategy. This, this, if, if ever there was a soft opening, it was here. I mean, shepherds, who are they? Why would you go to shepherds? Go to kings. Go to Caesar. Go to the the great gossips of the city. Go somewhere where you know it's going to have power. But shepherds, they're sort of losers. You know, they're sort of weirdos. They hang out in the fields with a bunch of sheep. They're not even around a lot of people. And they're the ones that get the first message. It's because the message, as the angel said, it's for everyone. It's for all the people. I mean, usually, the who do the grand invitations usually go to? 
The grand invitations usually go to the high society folks, right? The power, political power brokers, the ones with the resources. But God has made a choice here. The first invitation, the first one to receive this grand invitation are weirdo shepherds in the field hanging out with sheep. That's to tell you and me that we qualify too as recipients of this grand invitation. I mean, at least we're not shepherds. At least we're not hanging out with a bunch of sheep. We qualify for this grand grand invitation. It is for anyone and everyone, the normal everyday people, the abnormal everyday people. It is for you and for me. He wants you. He wants me. He wants all to know and hear this grand announcement and invitation and to come and receive from him that joy and that peace that he promised, that the angels promise here. Now, just imagine with me for a moment, you know, what... What was going through the shepherd's mind? What was their emotion? We're we're told here that they're overcome with fear. And as always the case, the most common statement of Jesus and the most or most common statement of angels is do not be afraid because of just the all that they experience in this grand invitation. I I ran across a couple pictures. I'm uh, not sure if they'll show well on these screens. But these are a couple pictures I want you to see. Now, you, know, you, you look at this picture. I want you to know this person is not watching the first half of the, of the game last night between Ohio State and Michigan. That's not what they're, they're, they're watching. But, you know, it looks like fear, horror, terror. Let's show the next one, uh, uh, Pamela. There, there's a, another one. Maybe you got a little hint now of what this might be that's happening. And then the, the last one here is... Now, that's, made, that's not the second half of the, the game last night. These are all students receiving the grand invitation to attend the four-year college of their choice. Excitement, fear, terror, all the rest. But you can see the emotion, you know, just in the moment. And imagine what the shepherds would have felt as they received that grand invitation. What about you? Do you recognize that same invitation to you? That you're invited. You're invited to come know the joy and peace and be a part of the family business. Be a member of the family. Be a part of the family business of the redemption of the world. The rescue of of creation. To live into and demonstrate the love in God that does bring peace and joy that is founded in Him and nothing else. Do you realize you are a chosen, loved, valued, gifted, cherished member of the family? That is given a part in the family business. The, uh, the greatest purpose in history. The only purpose that ultimately is fulfilled. Of the rescue of the world. To communicate and demonstrate the overwhelming reality of God's love for the world. You've been invited. We've been invited. A grand invitation for a grand purpose that we know has grand results. We're secured by Jesus' sacrificial love to know that all the promises of the world that fade and dwindle, they they are not to the basis of our joy and peace. But the fact that Jesus left the confines of his heavenly home to become a baby, 
Can you imagine that conversation between the Father and the Son in heaven? Hey, Jesus, this is what this is the plan. Ah, let's talk about this, Father. Yeah, it's sort of nice here. Can't we just sort of throw a little pixie dust or holy water or just you know? Remember we did that before. Let there be light, and there was light. Well, so let's just do that now. But no, for a mystery that's a whole other sermon. No, God became human. The one who spoke creation into being now became one dependent on his mother for food and dependent on Joseph for protection and provision. Needing to have his diapers changed. As part of the grand invitation for you and for me and for all who will follow. And this invitation... This is the good news that the the angels say they've come to bring. This invitation is much better than a college acceptance with as much joy as it brought. Because you know the look. uh, You know, one of the pictures may have been a picture actually, you know, a week later when they get the bill. Because that initial joy, it fades. You know, you got to pay the bill. Or if you don't have to pay the bill, you got to study for the test. You gotta complete the project. And in just another four years, for these folks, they're gonna be doing the same thing all over again. It's just to another school or another job. That's called joy that fades. Peace that dissipates. Because the basis is on the things of the world. And, and the, uh, what, what you see in this passage here is the basis is on the plan and work of God in Jesus Christ. This, his, his invitation is for normal everyday people. And his invitation offers us the great news of love and joy and peace that is in Jesus who is unchanging. And so therefore, if our peace is founded in him, if our joy is founded in him, then it too is unchanging. For he is the creator, sustainer of all of life. That's why it entailed uh, angels filling the sky with God's glory. Because usually in that, in that day, in first century, that word good news, that, that the angels say that they brought good news. We bring you really good news. And it's for all the people. is because that word good news is actually the word that we get evangelism from. In, in the Greek, euangelion. Um, euangelizo, that uh, means to evangelize, means to share good news, to proclaim good news. It was often used in those days when Caesar's family had a baby. Great news for all you slaves and servants out there, all you people who are oppressed by the Roman government. Great news, Caesar is going to have another king, a new Caesar will follow in his place. Everyone rejoice, this is great news because we'll be able to tax you even more. Uh, We'll be able to take from you even more. No, they didn't say that. But that's what they were proclaiming. The good news that was being proclaimed by Caesar was good news for Caesar and his family, but not everybody else. So how radical it is that God is saying, no, here is good news. Here is real good news. And it's for everyone. It's for Caesar and it's for the shepherds. This is the good news for you. Now, think think with me, this, this season, there's a great season to get in touch with the false 
the, the illusions of the grand invitations of this world. It's a great watch commercials. I'll never say this except in this season. Watch commercials. Yeah, watch just just a couple. You know, and I'm sure Subaru makes a great car. I never own one, but people that have owned it said it was really good. People that I know. But I'm sorry, Subaru does not equal love. Yet that's what the commercial says. You buy a Subaru, and your family's going to be filled with love. Everybody's going to be healthy. It's made with love and you're going to be filled with love. Just buy a Subaru. Okay. And, and one that many of us know, um, you know, that what will bring peace and harmony, what will lead us all to sing Coca-Cola. Nah, Coca-Cola will bring peace and harmony. I mean, that's the story that it wants to tell. And it's a beautiful story. I mean, everybody longs for peace. They long for that harmony. They long for that joy. Now, and I, I like a good Coke float or Coke cake, that Coke dressing that's on, you know, Coke uh, icing, you know, okay, that, that's good stuff. But I just don't think that uh, a bottle of carbonated, caffeinated, brown-colored sugar water is going to save the world. But those, and those are humorous, rather silly illusions that are great grand illusions instead of grand invitations. Uh, for, for me, as I think about the illusions of the world, the lies of the world, really, the biggest lie of the world for me wasn't a commercial. But it was, a, and it wasn't unspoken, even though it's caught more than it's taught. But, the, but particularly for me as a firstborn male, born in the you know, 60s, was the lie of self-reliance and achievement. That was the lie for me that Jesus is still trying to disabuse me of. That it's hard work will bring joy and peace and meaning. Don't get me wrong. I have nothing wrong with responsibility. I have no problem with, with hard work. But they don't bring joy, peace, and meaning. Or when they do, it's fleeting. I mean, just because I made good grades, did well in sports, followed the rules, then all was going to go well. Be kind to people. Fulfill religious responsibilities. Even get to know Jesus can be a work. Being a Christian can be a work. And then that will bring you joy and peace and purpose. And, and, you know, and it works for a while. Just a little bit. Every, every, it'll, it'll work for a season, but, but then, it, like, like that college acceptance, that grand invitation is going to require another application for something else. And then is another application for something else. And the joy becomes fleeting and even... Less and less and less diminishes. And it's exhausting. It's not joy-filled. It's exhausting. Because it's a joy dependent on accomplishment. But the grand invitation of Jesus brings a peace and a joy that is beyond what this world can offer. To depend on Jesus lifts the burden from self to Him. It's not about self-reliance. It's about reliance upon God. Being a part of the family business with His family, with brothers and sisters in Christ. 
the grand invitations from our world and culture. Again, there's places where you see joy, but sort of like knockoffs. You know, you, you don't buy a, a Rolex, you buy a Tolex. You know, and it looks nice, then you wind it up twice and spring breaks, it's gone. But the invitation to the shepherds, the invitation to you and me and to the world, gives the grand results of security in God forever. No other accomplishment needed. There is, there is no other grand invitation that is greater than that one. Do you find yourself exhausted? Moving from one accomplishment to the other without lasting satisfaction or diminishing satisfaction? Maybe that's a sign to you that the, the, the lies of the world, the ways of the world have, have made their way in. And you need to stand firm and say, oh, no, wait a minute, that, that, that's good stuff. Yeah, I, I, I like that sugar water, but that's not where I find harmony and peace. It's in Jesus It's in trusting and depending on Him and knowing that God's the one in control and He is carrying out His plan of salvation. And I am a part of that. So if you find yourself exhausted, let that be a little bit of a red flag and a good time of reflection. Am I finding my joy in something else than Jesus? My purpose, my my peace. Is it in some event, some accomplishment, some championship, uh, some relationship? Ask Jesus to lead you and help you to accept His grand invitation, to place your trust even more completely in Him so that your peace, your joy, your purpose are centered in Him, the one who is the very foundation of all creation. But then finally, I mean, so it's, it's for the shepherds, it's for everyone. It is the, it is the story, the only place where you find peace and joy that, that lasts forever. Finally, this, when this grand invitation is accepted, it is celebrated and it is shared with others. That's what the, that's what the shepherds do. So, right, so the angels leave, the grand invitation is there, the announcement's been proclaimed. They're like, let's go check this out. Let, let's, let's go to Bethlehem. And what do they do? They, they find what what they said, and they're, they're overwhelmed, and they share with everyone there. This is what the angels told us. The grand invitation that the angels said that God is at work in this world, that God has come among us, is true. It is real. And it is even more grand than the invitation itself. And they find true Joy and peace. They celebrate and glorify God and they go back to keeping the sheep. It's not just that they have the experience of that moment. It's that now the very essence of their faith, the purpose of their life has now been centered on God's plan and God fulfilling it. The invitation that God gives to them and gives to each one of us is to say, God, God's saying, I am at work bringing salvation to this world. One day it will be completed. Jesus is a sign of that invitation, of his life, his death, his resurrection. One day he's coming again. You want to be a part of this team, this family, then come on. 
And being a part of this family means you invite others. You, you live in that joy. You live in that peace. And you, you invite others to come be a part of it. Because there's no greater story. I was with a, 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 a Xavier University grad on the airplane back Friday. Um, uh, for um, uh, uh, And he was coming in town for um, uh, the game, the basketball game, the shootout. And uh, and we got to, to talking. Yeah, he was a good, uh, he, he raised Catholic, not active, not practicing his faith, but not against it either. You know, so we we just started talking about things, and um, he started asking some of those basic questions. Well, what about evil? Where does that come from? Why does God let bad things happen to good people and that kind of stuff? You know, and I just and said, yeah, that's a great question. I I don't know, but I tell you what, uh, this is what uh, this is what I, I do know, and this. This is who, what God has communicated uh, to me through Jesus. That, that God has created us and he loves us. He's entered into that evil. Matter of fact, he took it on himself at the cross. Demonstrated his, his power over that evil. And one day we'll make it right. And th- this is the story of all of creation. And I believe that story makes sense. I believe it's real. But do you have a better story? Do you have, do you have, if you can find a better story, then man, share it with me because I want to know that story. But so far, I haven't found a better one. And by story, I don't mean made up. I mean a, a narrative of reality, of history. What, why else are we here? And, and he's like, ah, that's really just... He didn't have a better one. But, you know, he's 26 years old. Everything's going well. He doesn't need a better one yet. You never know when it might happen. And he's got to pray. And mom, I told him, well, you tell your mom she's praying because you sat next to a Presbyterian pastor on your, uh, the trip from uh, Newark back to Cincy. So tell her uh, she's uh, to keep on praying. But we're a part then of this story. So we share this story with others. So that's what evangelism is. It's about sharing this great story that we have experienced, that we have found in the midst of living into this up and down, side to side, cattywampus life. We said, this is where I find security and truth and reality. So let me share that with others. And that's why as a a church, as we've been challenged to do, set up ways for folks to participate. So you got folks, you got folks that are shepherds in your life. Yeah, they're sort of out there. They're just, but they're the ones. Uh, that, that God is calling you to connect with. You get to be the messenger. That's the word for angel. It's the same word for angel, messenger. Yeah, and they're, but they're shepherds. You, you get to invite them to church during Advent, the Christmas mini festival on the 22nd, Christmas Eve on the 24th, or when we have, uh, um, uh, when we do Alpha whether it's in January and February or when we do it starting sort of the end of April. And you invite them to that. Those are ways that we've set up for you to get to invite others to come and and hear this great story and maybe even live into it themselves. Who are the normal, everyday people in your life, like the shepherds or maybe the ones that aren't so normal, that God's placed in your life to, to extend that grand invitation to just like the shepherds, you get to share it with others and continue to live your life 
in his joy and his glory. Um, I invited uh, uh, Bev Graves to come share with us just a, uh, a brief story of a way that she got to do that recently at uh, um, a, a local restaurant. Um, and so I asked her to just share that with us. Thank you, Bev. Good morning. So a couple weeks ago, I was down at the warehouse for Feast of Love, doing what I love best, giving away furniture and beds. And I got finished, it was about noon, and I thought, hmm, what do I want for lunch? So I drove down, I thought, oh, I'll have Pasquale's, which is now Fessler's. But um, I rode, drove down to Be- through Bellevue and realized, oh my gosh, they're closed on Mondays now. And I thought, oh, okay. So, all right, well, I'll go to Crimmers, the Italianette that's up here in North Carolina Chill. So I drove up there and parked and got in and sat down in a booth. And in front of me, I could see that there was a couple in front of me. The, the guy was to me, and then I could see the woman. So um, through their conversation that was on, on the phone and loud, I heard that it was his birthday. And so I thought, I heard God say, oh, you're going to pay for his lunch. I thought, oh, that'll be fine. I'll pay for his lunch. And so as, I, um, as the bills came, I, both of them came at the same time. And uh, before I could tell the server, hey, I want to pay for his lunch, the, they took them both. And so then it became a little bit of a fiasco. I'm like, well, no, 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 no. I wanted to pay for his lunch because it's his birthday. And I wanted to tell him how much God loved him. Well, with that, his wife said, see, I told you God loves you. I've been telling you God loves you. And so I thought, oh, then I'm going to come around and tell you more. So I got up from my chair. Well, we paid. We got finished paying. And I got up from my chair and I sat down. And I said, yes, God loves you so much. And he proceeded to tell me about how disappointed he was in God. That things weren't going the way that he wanted in God and in, in his life and the things that had happened. And I told him, I said, you know, God isn't responsible for the bad things that happen. Satan wants you to be dead. Not dead in the ground, eventually, sure. But he wants you to be dead in your relationship with God. And his wife said, uh-huh, that's what we've been talking about. And I said... And so we talked about, I talked about Job. And so I talked a little bit about Job. She says, that's what we've been studying in Bible study. That's, see, I told you this is right. So we kept, I kept going on and we talked about how God loved us so much that he sent Jesus. That he wasn't the responsible. Yes, things went through his hands. But they were to pursue us. And to know that we love, that he loves us so much that he sent Jesus for us. So then he tried to divert the conversation. He said, well, my wife is so da, 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 da. And I finally cut him off and I said, hey, your wife is lovely. I can tell that you love her a lot, but we're talking about you. And so we talked a little bit more about Jesus. And I asked him if he was ready to give his life. And he said, yes. Now, I'm 62. I have never, ever in my whole life asked anybody if they were ready to, to, to give their life to Jesus. And I thought, oh, what are the words that I'm supposed to do? What are, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, what's that? There's, there's a sinner's prayer. What is that sinner's prayer? And as we all held hands, the words just came. And, and it, was, I, it, was, it was a beautiful time. And he started, oh, oh, I forgot a part. Oh, I brought my phone up. <laughs> Prior to that, 
Prior to asking him if he wanted to accept Jesus, I heard a number in my head. And I got my purse out and I wrote a check for that number. And I handed it to him. And I said, and he started to cry. And then his wife started to cry. And then I started to cry. But I said, this is why God continued with this crazy white lady who came behind, sat behind you to bring you to Jesus. So then we prayed for um, him to accept Jesus. Now, the really cool thing in all of this is had I not gone to Bellevue and had that couple not gone to the other restaurant that they went to first, we wouldn't have met at Crimmers. We wouldn't have met at the Italian restaurant. But God had such a purpose and a time for this man. And when we got finished praying, he said, I said, do you feel any different? He said, I feel something. He said, I don't know what it is, but I surely feel something. And it was like, Amen. So, and I have kept in touch with them. I have their, their number, and I've been texting, you know, hey, I'm praying for you. And uh, so it's been, it was just it was such a humbling experience just to go to get something to eat. Thanks, Beth. Um, one last thing before we pray. If today... Um, is a day that you're in touch with how exhausted you are. And that you're, you're tired of trying to follow the next grand illusion. Make the next attainment. And you're ready to say, I want the peace and joy that these angels say Jesus brings. Then what I invite you to do on your prayer card that you have, just write on the prayer card there um, that uh, you accepted his grand invitation. And if you do that, put your card in there, put uh, uh, contact, um, one of the pastors will contact you this week just to talk further about you, about that with you. Or maybe, maybe it's like, I, I really want to explore this. That's fine. I mean, we're told here in this passage, you know, Mary, the mother of Jesus, she didn't jump exactly over what the shepherds were saying. She just pondered them in her heart. Maybe that's where you are. Maybe you're wanting to ponder and talk through that a little more. You just... Put that on there. Just say, I want to ponder some more. And if you want somebody to ponder with you, uh, then put your name and contact um, info on there, and one of us will contact you about that as well. But if you are at the place where you're exhausted, you're, you're sure the promises of this world are grand illusions, and you want to accept this grand invitation, or at least explore it, then make a note of that on your prayer card. Let's pray.